Welcome to Creation Radio and TV. I'm your host, Mike Riddle, the president and founder of Creation Training Initiative. On today's show, we have a guest, Scott Weckerly from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Welcome welcome aboard, Scott. Well, I'm glad to be here, Mike. Now, Scott, you've got quite an interesting story. We've been together before. You attended our five-day Creation Apologetics Teachers College, but you have a wealth of background be even before that in a lot of different areas. I'd like to start off with, because when you told us your story about becoming a Christian and your walk all the way through to you really learned what Christianity meant, that was an amazing story. Could, could you start with the, the beginning here? Not when you were hatched, but from the very beginning <laughs> of, of your walk with Jesus. Okay, well, I was raised in a, um, a, a very very good uh, church-going family. We always went to church every Sunday, and every summer we would attend a vacation Bible school. And uh, one summer, I don't remember how old it was exactly, but um, one summer our church, for some reason, we could not attend our church's vacation Bible school, so we went across town to the uh, Baptist church. And it was there that uh, I was presented with the gospel message uh, for the first time. And Wait uh, a minute now, you didn't hear it in your church? <laughs> no, I didn't hear it in my church. You know, that's kind of the norm in churches today, you don't hear the gospel. Unfortunately so. I mean, my church was, a, you know, it was one of the largest churches in town. It was a very, you know, uh, popular church to belong to, but there was not much uh, truly biblical teaching going on there. So when we went across town to the Vacation Bible School and uh, I was presented with the gospel, I accepted Christ there. And I was about eight or ten, I don't know exactly. And um, <clears throat> and then, of course, went back to my church and really didn't hear anything more about the gospel uh, until I was in junior high. And when I was in junior high, we had a series of three uh, associate pastors that came through, three in a row, that um, were all born-again Christians and, and taught that way. And they were in charge of the youth. And so with them leading our, our youth meetings and things, um, I was able to start to learn about the decision I had made and uh, began to grow. Uh, and one of the things that always bothered me, you know, Jesus, Jesus said that you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And my heart and soul were never a problem. I mean, I gave my heart to Christ, uh, but my mind was always a problem. I always had doubts. You know, that's a problem in many churches today with many Christians. They got their heart and soul, and they're on their knees giving their heart and soul to God. But their mind is still entrenched. They're thinking like the world, especially in the area of evolutionism. Yes. Millions of years, they're still bought into that concept, and that's not what the Bible teaches. Yeah, that's right. And, <clears throat> and so I had not really, you know, Romans 2, 12 talks about, you know, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, uh, and that process really kind of started in junior high with this new associate pastor. Um, he, I was introduced to the works of uh, Josh McDowell, who is a very strong apologetic teacher, uh, you know, on the historicity of the scriptures, and that we can count on, you know, what's written in the Bible, that it is true. So <clears throat> this is your first introduction to apologetics. My first introduction Isn't to apologetics. Isn't that a shame that we don't do that at early grades? Yeah, it is. But, I, uh, you know, the, Josh made a movie back then. Uh, it was called What's Up, Josh? And it showed clips of him talking on college campuses where he's witnessing to the kids, 
and uh, you know presenting the evidence for the reliability of the scriptures and I was just I was just so hungry for that material it was like oh yeah that's what I, I, I need to know this stuff you know can I really believe that the Bible is true and so I you know uh, started reading his books and and studying that stuff and, and you were uh, still in junior high in junior high oh, thank you for that because I tell most people Junior hires can do this. Yeah. Why don't we teach it to them? Yeah. Rather than making social clubs. Right. You can. Uh, of course, his book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, it's not, it's not what you call a fast reader. It's, it's just a lot of information in outline formation. But, I mean, it covers so much great material. And, uh, you, you know, with a little time and a little explanation from, from a leader, I mean, certainly junior high can handle that. And, uh, and from there, I was introduced to C.S. Lewis, you know, his book, Mere Christianity, excellent book, um, and, and all of his other books, you know, Miracles and, and uh, you know, The Problem of Pain and all those kinds of things. And I just, I was just eating that stuff up because I just really desired that. And I, you know, I still had doubts, but I was, I was becoming more confident and understanding of, of what I was believing. And uh, because I was always, you know, I, I was afraid a lot of times to even admit that I was a Christian because I was afraid someone was going to, you know, mock me and, and show me that I was wrong, you know, that what I believed was stupid. And, and all of this apologetic material was, was building my faith and showing me that the real world does match with Scripture. Wouldn't it be nice again if the churches did that? Because how many, how many junior hires and high school students are out there today walking around somewhat ashamed of their faith because no one's ever taught them? that the Bible does have answers, has answers to questions like, where did the dinosaurs come from? Who did Cain marry? Was it really a worldwide flood? But we're not teaching those to our youth today. And they're simple questions, or not simple questions, they're valid questions, but with real answers real right answers. out of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so when I left home and went to college, um, I, w I became active in, in churches down there. And uh, I actually... Uh, uh, at the one church that I attended, they brought in a speaker, and he taught creation science on a weekend. Had a weekend um, teaching on creation science, and I had never heard anything like that before. And I was amazed that there, you know, to find out there are PhD scientists in all the fields: geology, biology, astrophysics, doing research and show, and showing that the real world conf confirms the accuracy of the biblical record. And so I was, you know, he gave us information on how to get in touch with a group called ICR, the Institute for Creation Research, and, and the vast amount of materials that they had even at that time. And so I started buying those books and reading those and just really, um, you know, soaking it all in. At, at that time, you really had what I would call a greater faith and belief in God's Word than most pastors do in this country. Because mm. they simply don't believe the opening statements in the Bible. They don't have faith enough to believe God's Word. That's true. And they haven't renewed their mind yet either, as it says in Romans 12, too. Right. They're still thinking like the world. But yeah. isn't it great how God brought you out of that? Yes. And just nurtured you wrong and brought the right people into your life. Yeah. And so I, I just, you know, that was my passion. It was That's what I studied. That was my spare time study, was, was studying the creation um, materials that were available. and. Um, by the, by the time I, I had moved to Nashville and living in Nashville, um, involved in a church there, and I started teaching a, a, a Sunday school class and was teaching some of the creation things. 
and uh, which there were some in the church that weren't too thrilled about that, actually, I found out later. <coughs> it was not an overly popular thing with everybody there, but the pastor was okay with it. And, uh, and so I've, I've taught small group Bible studies, you know, since, since that time. And, uh, but, but as I was becoming bolder to, to admit that, you know, that I was a Christian because I, I felt like I finally had the confidence that, uh, that what I believed was true. Um, I would have conversations with people and I would get frustrated because, uh, you know, it was like they didn't, they didn't seem to understand it. They didn't, didn't get it. And so it kind of confused me. And, uh, and then about five years ago, I was introduced to what's called presuppositional apologetics, which basically deals with worldviews. You know, everybody has a worldview most of us don't even think about it, you know, what is our worldview? I didn't know I had one, you know, but we all have one, and it's basically the presuppositions we have on, on how we determine what's true and what's not true. And when I, I learned what a good biblical Christian worldview was, and, and that's what I had without knowing it, and then how every other worldview that's not a biblical Christian worldview, how that, um, you know, just doesn't match with reality that, um, it, you know, confirms Romans 1 where Paul, Paul talks about how um, everybody knows, you know, that, that uh, everybody knows God basically because God has shown himself to them, you know, from the creation of the world. Uh, his, everything is plainly seen, you know, by the things that are made. And when I began to understand that, then it made sense. It kind of tied together all the things I had studied with the, uh, the uh, inerrancy of Scripture and the scientific evidence that confirms Scripture and then understanding the worldviews that it's about how we look at things because we all have the same evidence. We have the same fossils in the ground. But it matters how you look at it. If you come looking at it from a biblical Christian worldview and say, these fossils are obviously there as a result of Noah's flood. And if you have a non-biblical Christian worldview, then you're going to look at the same fossils and determine that it had to be millions of years. And unfortunately, the second alternative there, millions of years, is where most of our churches are today. And also, unfortunately, many of our Christian university professors are there too, yeah. teaching a non-biblical worldview to our youth. No wonder our youth are in turmoil and don't trust the Bible. It's because, not the world, it's because of the church. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I when I started to understand the the, uh, the presuppositional things, and especially I, I was, uh, Dr. Uh, Greg Bonson has some excellent works on the presuppositional things, and it just kind of was the final thing that tied it all together, you know, the evidence and the inerrancy of Scripture and all of that, and understanding how people think and how we talk to each other, and it, it and realizing that this is the foundation for the gospel. And how, when I'm witnessing to, to other folks, I, I've learned, you know, still learning how to ask the right questions to get them to realize that, oh, I'm, I'm looking at this wrong. Scott, let me do a quick commercial here. Sure. You, you just led right into this perfectly. <laughs> if you're not into presuppositional apologetics, which really ties everything together, here's a book you need to get. It's called Ask Them Why. Ask Them Why by Jay Lucas. Tremendous book out there and you can get it either through Baptist Press or you can get it through us at Creation Training Initiative. The first half of that book gives you the background information from a layman's person 
point of view, a beginner about presuppositional apologetics. Second half goes into simulated conversations, how to ask the right questions, just right. as you were saying there. So get that book, Ask Them Why, by Jay Lucas. End of commercial. End of commercial. Let's Good. go back. Back to our show. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great book. I've, I've read Jay Lucas's books, and the, the uh, example conversations are marvelous because most of us learn by example, you know, and to see how, how you can use it. And, uh, and asking questions, I mean, Jesus did that all the time. You know, the woman at the well, he just asked her questions, and she walked away going, this guy told me my whole life just by asking a few questions. And I think it's a lot more effective when you're witnessing to someone as well because you get them to think and instead of trying to, you know, pound an idea into their head, you make them come up with the idea by asking it's the question. It's a great way for doing education. Let the person discover the answer. That way they own it. They remember it more. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I remember at one point reading about Billy Graham and he had, you know, as he studied and, and things before his ministry really took off, he, he, he often had doubts about things. And I remember reading that he determined at one point, he said, you know, I, I feel good enough about this. I'm never going to doubt this again. And that's really when his ministry took off. And, you know, I've reached the same point where I finally, I have no more doubts about it because I have a, you know, I have a satisfied mind. As, as Christians, we shouldn't really have, <clears throat> we shouldn't have those doubts, uh, and we do occasionally, but we should learn to trust God's word from the very first verse to the very last verse, and not change it because most people in the world don't think it's true. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we have a lot of pastors out there who have caved into the world, in other words, they haven't given their mind over yet. Right. And continue on. This is fascinating. Your whole step by step by step that God took you through. And I want to get to the one point. You attended a five-day class one time, too, didn't you? I did. I did. I was, I was uh, in Nashville, at, and there was a homeschool convention, and uh, I was kind of in the building and, and uh, kind of got into where the, uh, the books were being sold and stuff, and I ran into this guy. I think his name was, was Mike at the book table there. Did he have kind of whitish hair with a little bit of red mixed kind in? Kind of whitish hair, yes. a little, little bit, yeah. Looked okay. like me. Yeah, pretty much, about your size. Okay. And, uh, and I got to talking with Mike. And uh, I had seen Mike before he, uh, the DVD that you made of the, uh, the four power questions to ask an evolutionist. I had seen that and studied that and, and enjoyed that very much. And, um, and so I was talking to you and you told me about the creation Teachers College that you were starting, and that was the first year of it. I think I talked to you, it must have been about April, and the, and the college was in June, and of course you were already filled up at that point. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, about, but I was real intrigued by it. I mean, it sounded great. And uh, so I, uh, I emailed you about, I don't know, a week or so later and said, you know, please put me on the list for next year. And I immediately got a response that said, well, a couple of people have canceled, there's, there's an opening, so come on this year. So I did. That was in 2014. And you survived. I survived, days. yes. And I didn't even have to do any push-ups, which yes. was amazing. Other people did. Other people did. Yes. <laughs> then you liked it so much, you came back again I this came year, back in 2015. But yes, not I as did. a student. This time you came back and helped, and you yeah. were a tremendous help. Well, thank you. You got to watch other people do push-ups. Yes, again. there are lots of push-ups. And you got to watch them do the presentations, which you helped with. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and now you're out there even teaching more. Right, right. So um, it, it really gave me, you know, I, I mentioned I had um, 
you know, been doing, you know, Bible studies and uh, Sunday school class and teaching creation and uh, what we call at our church a life group meeting during the week in a home, you know, uh, studying scripture and, and uh, we did a lot of creation topics there, went through the answers books from Answers in Genesis, uh, all three, the first three books, now there's a fourth one, um, and done that. And right about the time I met you, I had been having a, um, you know, uh, a real push from inside, inside, you know, I, I think God kind of telling me, I really need to kind of get this out of my living room. You know, I've been studying this for a lot of years, and there's so much uh, practical information that I wish I had when I was in high school and college that's available now and I really would like to you know share this with high school and college kids or even junior high kids you know so that they can be so much further ahead than where I was at that point in my life. See, you're a perfect example of what we're trying to do with our ministry creation training initiative train others so they can go out and teach and share this information with other people. <clears throat> That's exactly what we're trying to do, and you're a perfect case of this. Yeah, well, it, I mean, I loved going to the, the Teachers College both years. I mean, meeting the other people there was, was just such a joy. You know, being with like-minded people is always, you know, an encouraging factor. And, and to see the number of, of young people, college-age people at both of those sessions, um, you know, and this, this second year, I went to each one of those college-age kids and told them how much I really wanted information like this when I was in college and it wasn't really available much or I certainly didn't know about it and these guys were getting it now and really encouraged them to to really use it. And some of you may be attending churches out there that are teaching the good creation and apologetics but some of you may be attending churches that really aren't teaching much. You need to find out in your church are they really a, a Bible teaching church? Are they embarrassed by parts of the Bible? Have they let the world creep into your church? Or are they staying true to God's Word? Now, Scott, you have quite a fascinating background. You have a profession that I think, I think is a fascinating profession. Tell us about playing the drums. Well, I've been the, uh, I, I've played the drums since I was, was a kid. I went up through the, the school program, you know, public school program. and. Uh, you know, is a, in playing in the concert band and playing in the jazz band and and that sort of thing. And I I've always loved drums and and uh, I went to college in uh, in Texas and uh, majored in in uh, basically jazz performance on drum set. And um, and I I went to college full time for two years, and then I went on the road with a Christian singing group playing drums for two years and basically lived on a tour bus and uh, you know and so I was able to tie my love for music in with with a, a ministering opportunity for about two years and then I uh, spent six months in Nashville uh, at, at what used to be the Opryland USA Park music park played one of the music shows there to make some money to go back to, to college and went back to college and uh, finished my bachelor's degree there in music performance and then moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where I've worked as a professional muse musician um, since then. And um, I'm not a full-time musician anymore, but I still work professionally quite a bit. And um, I've done lots of different things musically. Um, I've performed 
with uh, one of my loves and the thing I really studied in college was big band jazz. And uh, I, I started that in high school, playing in the big band at, at the high school, and continued that in college and really enjoy the, the energy of a big band and the, and the music style. Uh, it's just an exciting thing with the horns. I agree with you. I love that 1940s and 50s big band. Yeah, good stuff. And I figured when I moved to Nashville, I would probably never play big band again, you know, because I'm going to country music world, you know. And actually, I, that was one of the first bands I started to work with was a band that was already in existence and played a lot of conventions. And uh, the leader of that band actually was an uh, ex-military guy. Couldn't have been a Marine then. No, he was not. Right. He was, he was no Army. He was, <coughs> he was actually in the reserves as uh, pretty high up. Okay. And, uh, but because of that, he had a lot of, of uh, connections in Washington, D.C., and, and we played the, the spring dances for uh, VMI, the uh, Virginia, Virginia Military. Military Institute, and the Citadel. Okay. We played there a lot, and uh, we, we played presidential inaugural balls, did uh, four. So you're I, quite accomplished musician. Uh, yeah, played some, Go some ahead. good things. You, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and you play more than just the drums, don't you? Uh, I do play piano as well. And, uh, but I've, I've, I've played, uh, I do uh, a Broadway review show at Vanderbilt University every semester, spring and fall, and I've been doing that for well over 15 years. And I've done a lot of oldie rock and roll shows, drifters, coasters, platters, all that kind of thing. Who's some of the names you've played with? Uh, I've played, my most consistent thing is I've, I've played with a, a guy named Ray Stevens for actually coming on 26 years now. It's, it's always been kind of on again, off again, because he's always got a lot of things going. So he'll tour for a while, and then he'll do something else for a year or two, and then he'll go back out and tour. And uh, But I've worked uh, with Ray for over, over 26 years, and I've played on almost all of his recordings in the last 10 years, for sure. And uh, so I'm honored to have done that, But and Jerry Reed and Shelly West and several others. and. Um, but Quite you, a few things. You're using your talent, though, for the Lord. Yeah. Isn't that a great thing, how God provides those things for you? It is. It's interesting, because I actually moved to Nashville to, to work as a drummer in the contemporary Christian music industry. And I knew over a dozen people in Nashville that were working in contemporary Christian music. And I actually have not done, I've done like too many <laughs> small recordings in that field. And otherwise, I've, I've not done anything in that field. God just took me a totally different direction, and uh, I, but I, you know, I. It's hard to measure what kind of you know um, influence you've had on things, but I know that that God put me in those secular music situations to to be a witness for Him, and uh, I just. Yep. And rather than just going straight into <clears throat> your love of music and drums, He kind of guided you and walked you all the way through your Christian walk built the foundation for you and a solid foundation all the way to the presuppositional apologetics mm -hmm. then turn you out to the world isn't that what the bible teaches train ourselves up first then go out right and that's exactly what jesus did with the apostles he trained them up for three years and they still didn't get it completely <laughs> but he sent them out right that's the biblical model not build and build having people constantly coming in but we're to train ourselves up and then go out, be the missionaries, and sometimes missionaries to other churches in this country. Yeah, that was one thing I loved about the church I went to in college in, in Texas was 
they, um, they were all about equipping believers because they, the pastors there, they were both graduates of Dallas Theological Seminary, and you know they hardly ever gave a, a salvation message as part of the thing because their because their whole thing was that this is for fellowship of believers and equipping of believers, and as you would exit the door, the sign above the door said the mission field starts here. And it was a dynamic church, and I I learned so much there. Uh, any final words there, Scott? Um, I just just want to encourage people to really um, realize that that the scriptures can be counted on. You know, we don't have to doubt them. Um, you know, Paul says in Romans one, I'm I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And for a lot of years, I couldn't say that, and I can finally say that now. So, in other words, are you too comfortable in your church just hearing stories every week? Or are you continuing to grow in your church and learning great things and able to go out there and be a witness for Jesus Christ wherever you may be? Well, I want to thank you, Scott, for taking the time, because I know you're very busy, and uh, for visiting us here and giving this testimony. And I want to thank everybody else out there, and God bless you, and keep growing in the Lord. Thank you. If these lessons had been a blessing to you, you might consider financially supporting the Ministry of Creation Training Initiative. You can do this by going to our website, creationtraining.org. Again, that's creationtraining.org. Your tax-deductible donation of just $20, $50 or more a month, or a one-time gift of any amount will make you an education partner in building an army of Christian educators who can teach the biblical account of creation and train others to be able to defend their faith and be biblically faithful to God's word as it states in 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Thank you.